0: Uh, hi everybody, uh, my name is Leonard. I'm uh, from Belgium. Um, I'm a freelance interface designer and a front-end developer. And uh, well, you can find me on the internet uh, under the name Lensko. Um And I've also been writing on uh, Bricks.net, which are uh, bite-sized CSS and HTML nuggets. All kinds of uh, tips and tricks. Um, and today I want to present four of those tricks, new tricks for you. Um, stuff that I've been gathering in the past. I haven't been writing a lot on bricks.net, but uh, here's four of those uh, tricks and tips. First one is uh, box shadow on steroids. you got to give it a name, but uh, basically, oh, a few weeks ago, I was uh, making this, and I think you all know how to do this. It's basically just a div with uh, some generated content with a little arrow uh, with the borders. I know you, I, I presume you all know how to do that. But I wanted this to have a nice shadow and um, well, I I added the box shadow and it's it's all nice until you notice that well, behind the arrow there's no box shadow. And uh, well, as you probably all agree and as all penguins do agree, this is unacceptable. (laughs) So, but there's also something else um, called CSS filters. Introduced a while ago, still experimental stuff, but uh, you may have noticed there's um, a drop shadow filter I have a screenshot here from a CSS filter playground. Uh, And maybe you've wondered, yeah, why is there a drop shadow? Because it's basically the same as the box shadow. It even has the same syntax. But there's a big difference. Um, And the big difference is the filter drop shadow acknowledges your uh, element's outline. Not the outline property, but the real outline of the element. Which means that uh, it takes care of, of dotted borders and generated content transparent backgrounds, tr- even transparent parts of your image. It all takes those into account and renders a nice shadow for those things. So if we apply it here, you get the nice box shadow like you want it, even behind the uh, the little arrow. So that's a very uh, interesting thing to know the difference between filter drop shadow and a box shadow. Uh, they're still experimental, currently only supported in some WebKit browsers, but uh, according to the re- most recent stats, that's still more than 30% of web users and uh, well basically it's just a decorative property so um, you can just add it anyway and and see it as a progressive enhancement all right second uh, trick I will share with you it's not so much a trick it's more of a, a wish list kind of uh, I would like this in my browser thing uh, I call it multi-line inspector um, I was looking at this which is a very great experiment by Joshua Hibbert. He made uh, an entire MacBook with just one element and a lot of CSS. And uh, I was inspecting the thing in in Chrome, uh, hoping to learn a bit about uh, from it. And uh, when I saw this, and yeah, a whole lot of box shadows, and I tried to edit them, and then you get this, and you're like, yeah, how am I supposed to see what is what, and how am I supposed to learn from this? But then I remembered uh, the the WebKit inspector already has something for for this kind of cases like the margin. You see, there's a little triangle, and if you click it, it expands, and you see all the margins, and you can edit them one by one. Now I made this mock up um, for like box shadow. Would be really useful if you have them one by one, and you can toggle them off and edit them one by one. That would really make sense. And uh, well. I call it the multi line inspector, and we could do this for box shadows, for backgrounds. I'm not sure if or even how this is possible, but it's a wouldn't it be cool uh, kind of thing. And maybe if there's browser vendors uh, listening, I will be posting this on bricks.net, so uh, maybe we'll uh, have this in a browser someday. Number three um, is how to unprefix the device pixel ratio. Um, you might have heard uh, of this of this thing was introduced um, back when um, we uh, well when when Apple added uh, the retina screens and other high-definition screens from other um, gadget makers Um, and basically what I'm saying here is is a part of a blog post that was uh, published by uh, Fantasi on the W3C blog so all credit goes to them and the device pixel ratio is basically the ratio between physical physical pixels and the device-independent pixels on the device. So on, a, on, on a like a, a, an iPhone retina screen, you have four pixels for one CSS pixel. And these, uh, the device pixel ratio thing is, is used in media queries to target those high-definition screens. But uh, the WebKit device pixel ratio is a WebKit-only property and it's, um, well, it's the, the, the unit is dots per pixel. But uh, if you want to use it in other browsers, because yeah, these days you have the Opera browsers on, uh, on Android and iOS and uh, Mozilla is working on their very cool Firefox OS. So there's other browsers targeting the high definition screens. So there's also the standardized resolution media query, which takes uh, dots per inch or dots per centimeter. And it has been agreed upon that one inch is, of course, 2.54 centimeters and it's uh, 96 pixels. So what you can do is uh, just multiply the WebKit value by 96 and append DPI. So you have WebKit min device pixel ratio 2, for example, and then you have the corresponding uh, min resolution 192 DPI. But it can be easier if you don't have to do the, the calculations and and, and etc. And that's exactly what the W3C thought as well. So they made the DPPX unit, which is .sprinch, just like the, the, the WebKit property. And this is something that's been uh, in Canada's recommendation status. So um, the support is pretty good, but as always, you should test this in browser. But you can basically use the same uh, value of two in this case for the, the resolution, the min resolution. So, that's uh, a way to unprefix the WebKit uh, device pixel ratio. Number four, uh, which is very cool, uh, called SAS source maps. Um, I presume you've all uh, been uh, using and experimenting with CSS pro- preprocessors. Uh, there's less, of course. My favorite is SAS together with Compass. And if you have been developing with SAS, You've uh, no doubt noticed something like this. You have a a rule, a CSS rule, and a selector, and uh, you see, okay, these styles are applied, and and it's in style CSS line 107. But, I mean, that is the compiled file, and where is line 107 in my original SCSS file? Because, well, it comprises of uh, multiple SCSS files, the style CSS. So that's where... um, for example, in Firebug, they had FireSAS, which is a Firebug extension, and does exactly what we want. It shows you which file exactly uh, the rule is in and on which line. But what about WebKit? Because personally, I, I'm, I use Chrome for development. Um, so I was wondering if there's the same thing. And uh, well, we're lucky because um, source maps are uh, made exactly for this thing. They're a language-agnostic way of pointing your inspector to the right location in, uh, in unminified and uncombined files was originally uh, introduced for uh, JavaScript compilers uh, like CoffeeScript, etc. But uh, it works basically; it's language agnostic, so it works for every kind of language, also for CSS. Um, so, how do I get this in Chrome? First, you have to make sure you have a recent version of Chrome. So, get the Dev Channel, and then you have in the Inspector uh, settings you have enable source maps. You have to check that. Uh, in the experiment step you have to check support for SAS and then in your, C- uh, in your SAS project if you use compass uh, for example you have this config.rb uh, file which has uh, everything uh, the configuration of this project uh, so the output style can be anything except compress because compress is just one big line and then you have to turn on yeah. the, the debug info and then you see, you get the whole line of, of gibberish in front of every rule, which has exactly the file name and the line, ex- etc. cetera, um, for every rule in your CSS. So don't forget to turn this off in your production environment because you don't want these lines littering all of your CSS. So if you do all these steps, then you get exactly what we want. So every rule will have the exact file name where the, the original rule is defined in your SASS files and the exact line etc so those are source maps and that's basically it four tips for breaks on tour